Genre. Welcome to Lord of the Rings Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze the movie The Return of the King, one sneak attack at a time. I'm Norman Mitchell. I'm Cassandra Fredrickson. How many D6s are they rolling for damage? Um, well, I don't think Faramir's really a rogue, so not a whole lot. <laughs> They're not the ones sneaking. No, they, they, they went into hiding. They were ready. But we're, we're talking about Minute 64 today, <laughs> uh, which starts with... Uh, soldiers that we saw at the end of last minute continuing to run kind of frantically in this hallway and ends with one of these boats dropping its little door to let orcs out into Osgiliath. Yes. Uh, so right at the start of this minute, we see the soldiers running through their little hallway and we cut to the orcs, draw swords. Yeah. And then everyone kind of starts getting into position. This minute feels like it takes so long. Yeah. But nothing happens. Well, I think because it's so tense. And yeah. I kept checking it like the minute needs to be done now. Right. And it was only like 30 seconds in. Yeah. Just uh, just Faramir and and Madril on either side of that archway looking at each other. Just that moment feels like it's, I don't know, 20 seconds. <laughs> but it's not. It's like two. it's like two. Yeah. It doesn't it doesn't take a whole lot. One of the things uh, about this minute that I think is kind of interesting, or not necessarily about this minute, but the, the structure of this battle in Osgiliath, is that it highlights, it, it also is showing us that Faramir is cunning. Not that we didn't already know that, but it's kind of a reminder. Yeah. Uh, and he's, well, because it's his reintroduction into the film. Yeah, so you're reestablishing certain pieces of his character right up front. Not that they, I mean... This this uh, this movie Faramir is so different than Two Towers Faramir, which we've talked about. They serve different purposes in those narratives, which ultimately be, like. Mm. But it should be like consistent. Yeah, it should be, and I mean we talked about it at we we talked about it a lot Two Towers because they talk about it quite a bit in the commentary about how there were kind of constant little tweaks to what Faramir was going to be like along the way. Yeah. And I'm sure that we have some stuff that the performance was just so good and then they didn't have time to rework it later. So they just left it as is. Probably explains a good amount of the tonal inconsistency in Faramir. I just wish that he was nobler in Two Towers. I, I like the first scene with Faramir. That the Faramir's little soliloquy. Yeah. I think is really, really Which good. Which isn't even in the, um, the it's not even in the theatrical, in the theatrical yeah. yeah. Yeah, in the theatrical, Faramir comes off as, like, kind of a bit of a dirtbag that then just suddenly has a change of heart. Whereas in the extended, you get a little bit more of this kind of possible journey they were trying to kind of give him. Well, I think the same thing happens with Boromir in the extended yeah, versus he, theatrical, yeah, too. Yeah, he doesn't come off as much, uh, he doesn't come off with as much of a character arc in the theatrical, yeah. Which sucks because, yeah. you know, as we talked about through Fellowship, watching that movie again and examining like this gave you a new appreciation for Boromir. Oh, dude. Yeah, dude. Like, I mean, I was just getting super excited about Boromir, like 
uh, liberating Osgiliath after 600 years of, like, orc terror, you know? Yeah, so, like, of rule under orcdom. Yeah. Not that the orcs were doing anything with it. No, they are just wrecking the place. Just parties every night. Denethor was so mad. It's just jellyfish jams over there in the ri- across jams. the river. <laughs> That's about the right time, right? Like, Spongebob in this movie or... Almost, well, Spongebob yeah. in, like, the first movie are, like, almost the same age, right? Spongebob came out in, like, 99. Did it? Yeah, I think I so. I remember watching the premiere of Spongebob. Me too. I remember that. Dude, I had, like, when I, I don't know what happened to my, my visor. We went to, like, this is so off topic. Now you're talking about Spongebob. I was super into Spongebob um, in middle school. So I had this, um, we went to Universal Studios, uh, Florida, and um, I got, like, a visor that was, like, bright yellow, and it had Spongebob's face on, like, the bill. <laughs> I don't know what happened to that. I'd rock that. That's funny. It's a piece of piece of millennial nostalgia. I mean, I bet they still sell something. Like, because everyone, everyone knows Spongebob. She's been on TV for so long now. Now, oh, I don't know. It's weird that you're thinking, like, hey, Fellowship of the Ring and Spongebob Squarepants, contemporaries, but, like... <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm pretty sure they are. Yeah, that sounds correct. I'm not sure exactly when Spongebob debuted. 99. Yeah, that's what I thought. 99. Wow. And they're still going. Wow. Somehow. I wasn't even in fifth grade. Yep. I, I remember the premiere of Spongebob just ever so faintly. It's like the last... Nickelodeon premiere, I remember, like, being like, oh, yeah, there's this new show. I wonder what it's going to be like. And, like, being like, I gotta watch it. You didn't watch um, Avatar? The Last Airbender? I don't think I caught the premiere of Avatar. Oh, I definitely didn't. I watched that in college. <laughs> mm. I was watching it when it was coming out. Oh, see, I... I remember the long wait for the series finale. Mm. But, yeah, this this minute feels like it drags, but it's... Well, not like it drags. It feels really really long. long. It feels, yeah, it's, it's weird because it is really tense. It's good. Um, it's good at building the tension. Yeah. I do like the, the little bit of what we get of acting from David Wenham in this, the him up against the wall. What we get. Because it's not a lot, really. I mean, there's a lot that he does. There's like the, the glance with, with, Madrill, there's him like i don't know that's like a you okay buddy like yeah we'll, we'll pull through this sort of thing um and then there's the him like waiting and like counting how many orcs are going past yeah. him before he jumps out and like i really like the way that he is like psyching himself up for like the attack yeah he's really really it's, trying to it's think really this through. subtle yeah it's good david one is good yeah like, everyone in these movies is good. I really like the orc helmets, too. They're really silly. They remind me of the Urukai helmets. Oh, yeah, a little bit. Like, the ones that look like they're too tight for them. Yeah. They're just, like, shoved on there. You know the, the um, Olympic torch guy? With yeah. With the crazy... Yeah, with the, just the, the the metal bucket with the holes in it. Yeah, just the, the weird face mask with the, the, the hard top. Yeah. 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 Some of them have that going on. Where are the rest of these orc boats landing? I don't know. Because if this is the only place that Bikini they have bottom. <laughs> rock bottom, if this is the only place <laughs> where they have guys ready to like meet these orcs, well, I there were feel... a lot of guys running around like that opening shot with all the soldiers. Yeah, 
Also, why isn't Faramir wearing a helmet? Come on, man. Safety first. I mean, Madril's not either. I know, but... They didn't have time to go get suited up. They're just like, oh, crap. They're the... Enemies here. They're the, the, the leaders, man. Everyone with them, like this guy... They must be all the rangers. They're in their lighter armor. Oh, I see. Oh, right, because he, he is like a quote-unquote ranger. Yeah. And his, like, squad. And then they, like, met up with the people who were in stationed in Osgiliath, do you think? Probably what people that were left there, yeah. Yeah. I don't know if... I don't know. I wonder how long Faramir was away from Osgiliath after the battle we saw in the flashback with Boromir. I don't know. I mean, he was just patrolling. Yeah, I get the impression. I, I kind of have the impression now, thinking about it, that he probably is really based out of Osgiliath, but keeps ranging out to patrol and coming back. Yeah. Just stopping at the Forbidden Pool to camp when he has to. <laughs> That's so arbitrary. Yeah. <laughs> the Forbidden Pool. It's so dumb. <laughs> yeah, there's like, just no context for it whatsoever. Right? It's forbidden. It's like, Why? This is this is the steward of Gondor's pool. Can't swim in this. It's like it's it's like the the Robin Hood thing. This is the King's Forest. You can't have the animals out of the King's Forest. But that makes sense. Like the King's Forest, that's where he hunts. That's true. But he can't hunt all those animals. No. That's why it's arbitrary. <laughs> I mean, yeah. It's an ego thing, right? The king? Yeah, this is mine. Not yours, mine. Stay out. Why? It's like a golf course. But it's not even like strategic. I know we we talked about the pool a lot, but like, come on, man! It just it just doesn't seem to serve any real purpose. It must just be some weird holdover tradition the thing. Only wish to catch a fish, so juicy, sweet. Maybe it's a wishing well. Maybe. Gollum got his fish. Yeah, and then he got beat up. That's true. That's so. Sad. It's like a monkey's paw. No. You get your wish, but not how you wanted it. My God. He got his fish. They got punched in the face. So many times. It's awful. The more we live in the set, I really like the Osgiliath set quite a bit. Mm. There's a lot of detail in these ruins. The way that things are broken down looks like really convincing. Like sometimes when you see ruins in a TV show or a movie, you're just like, uh, where was this filmed? On a sandlot somewhere <laughs> in an abandoned quarry? But you never really get that feeling in Lord of the Rings, even in the stuff that's clearly a set. Yeah. They put so what it just put so much detail into everything. Well, yeah, it's, the attention to detail is crazy. It's in, it's incredible. And I I want to know I'm not sure exactly how big the Osgiliath set is offhand. I they mention it and I think I missed it. And <laughs> 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 you're like frantic note taking, you're just like, "Oh, Dang. Well, sometimes I just get absorbed in the minute regardless, even yeah, though I'm yeah. listening to this the commentary. A, I mean, this is a long minute. Yeah. Sometimes I just kind of get absorbed in what's happening. I'm just like, oh, oh, wait, what did Richard Taylor say? <laughs> oh, wait, I love this movie. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Why am I Why am I not just watching the whole movie? Like, sometimes I, sometimes I listen to the commentary tracks, take notes, but then I just, like, let the movie play for, like, ten more minutes. <laughs> I'm just like, what am I doing? I gotta go back and listen to this piece. Yeah. Yeah, not a whole lot really goes on. In this minute, it's just the, this is the beginning of this battle. This is going to get a little vicious. A little? Yeah. The age of men is over, Norman. Yes. The <sighs> time of the orc. <laughs> filled with spite and rage, hate. I'm like, 
do we as moviegoers and and I we're not we're by no means casual fans, but like do does the casual moviegoer like Faramir only because he let Sam and Frodo go, do you think? Like in the context of Two Towers versus this one? Maybe. Which is like it, it I, works. Yeah. It feels I mean, I don't want to say it feels cheap. I'm still hung up on the character thing. Yeah. Yeah. Like his confused character arcs. Yeah, because we like Faramir because we know we're supposed to like Faramir, and I we like David Wenham. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I do even as muddled as the Faramir character arc is in Two Towers, I feel like his introduction scene to his final scene does create a bit of a bridge, like the a bit of a connection enough to make you understand that this guy, like. Just doing under, what he has to do. Doing what he has to do and kind of understands the stakes a little better than some of the other people Sam and Frodo, like, meet with his crew. Like, Faramir kind of understand. Faramir comes to understand the stakes a little better than, like, Madril does. Because Madril is just like, you got to bring the ring to your dad, man. Yeah. But Faramir kind of gets more understanding of what's going on. So, I, I and I think that that gaining of understanding in that last scene with Frodo and Sam does connect back to the whole war will make corpses of us all thing. Mm. Because it it shows that Faramir does have a kind of wisdom that is necessary to lead. Yeah. In a way that we don't really see from uh, Denethor, which is like kind of a nice contrast. We see, and we see a little bit of it from Boromir. Boromir is clearly not like an idiot by any stretch. Right. He knows how to lead people. Yeah. He's very charismatic. So like Faramir and Boromir together are like, a perfect perfect tag team yeah they're they're a good duo to keep the men like motivated and together because clearly all these guys love faramir yeah they're i mean they're loyal to him and they're ready to follow him but at the same time that loyalty like i know Gollum's the bad guy but like i hate seeing him get beat up yeah that was a whole yeah. movie ago and i'm still like yeah hey man the only people we see like thrash Gollum are sam some some Gondor guys and Sam. Yeah. And we love Sam. I, I... But it's hard to watch Sam get really violent with Gollum, too. The, the rope tug thing, remember? Yeah. Like, that's that's rough. No, it is. Like, And that's in the same movie where we see Gollum get brutalized. Exactly. That's the beginning. And then, like... It's like the first thing that happens to Gollum. <laughs> and then, like, and the, the last two-thirds thing point of... Yeah. Ooh. Oh, yeah, because Faramir, like, kicks him down the sewer. Or whatever. Yeah. But Faramir doesn't hit him until then, right? Like, the uh, in the cave, it's just Faramir's men that rough up Gollum. That's, that doesn't make it better. And it's not until, like, he grabs Gollum by the throat and then and kicks him. it's just him. like, Kirith Like, <laughs> so, like, I know that there's dangerous shit in there. Yeah. Get out of here. I don't know. Which, like, undoes some of the whole thing of him, like... Being noble, yeah. Yeah, and, like, not getting his hands dirty, like, yeah. in the in the... What is kind of a torture scene in... Well, uh, I think that that's a good thing, though, because, like, the fact that he's not willing to do it, I mean, we we had problems with it. Yeah, because it, it just it's just more of the muddling of yeah. his character. Yeah. His character is more tonally consistent in this movie from start to finish. Yes, but it's it feels completely different to me. Yeah. Well, it's it's more like the it's more like the Faramir in that moment where he understands what's going on with the ring. Before he, like, threatens Gollum. I feel like this is closer to flashback Faramir than anything in Two Towers. Yeah. And I don't well, know this if kind that... of 
this kind of insecurity and kind of doubt we see in him hyping himself up right here, like matches really well with kind of the attitude he had in that flashback when Denethor shows up. Yeah. Feels like the same guy. Yeah. But I mean, like, I don't know. Maybe that's intentional because it's meeting Sam and Frodo is what brings him back to like the noble stuff. But also like tonally, if you want to, uh, even if you're going to think of it as more, it's not really muddy. It's just like really multifaceted. Like you can, you can draw connections between some of the different stuff Faramir does. Yeah. Uh, sometimes That's what I'm trying to do. Yeah, because... sometimes it feels kind of confused, but even in this movie, I feel like trying to make Faramir's character match the tone of that flashback a little more is good to keep consistency in, in his relationship with Denethor, even if you weren't going to be doing anything else. Mm. Does that make sense? Uh, Kind of. But then that means he just doesn't grow, which I know he doesn't in the book because he's like perfect. Right. He's perfect. He's he's Tolkien's OC. He's, he's a self-insert guy. <laughs> But at the same time, like, there's got to be growth. It's and, a story. And I mean, Faramir, Faramir certainly grows in two towers. Yeah, but I just wish the starting point, I wish it wasn't so drastic, I guess. I wish the starting point was a little more. See, I, I think that it's the it's the middle part that's wrong with Faramir. The middle part? It's the middle part of his character growth in two towers that's muddled. What? Because I, I think the war will make corpses of us all part of his character and where he ends that movie is fine yeah i think it gets confused by some of the stuff in between like the boromir stuff like with some of the boromir stuff and the and like the rough and up golem stuff yeah i think that's where it kind of gets muddied a little bit because i think that they they go a little bit too far maybe in both of those directions i guess um instead of starting point i mean like not like chronologically in the movie yeah because that's i mean War will make corpses of Asar all is ostensibly the same. It's like the same point that he is when he's like torturing Gollum, I think. Because he's already like super cynical about it. And then he's just like, well, I might as well do this because see, but, there's see, a but, war on. Yeah, but see, I think there's a line between kind of the cynicism that Faramir shows there and the willingness to allow cruelty in the in the cave scene. I think there's a there's kind of a difference there and there's a little bit of a leap for me. Okay. Because I, I think that the taking the war will make courses of us all sentiment and then kind of turning it on its head and like this understanding of the stakes and kind of turning around feels like kind of a natural progression and flipping that sentiment around from cynicism to uh, like hope that something can be done about this problem. Whereas I think it's the stuff in the middle that muddles this sort of uh, gray back to back to the light kind of dynamic that those two things create. See, I feel like War Will Make Corpses of Us All is a more, it's not worse than the torture scene, but like that's the most Denethor Faramir ever gets. Right. I think, yeah, it totally is. Because he's already resigned himself to, and I think... To me, it's kind of a natural progression to have that cynicism and then just be like, well, I'm just going to commit to this mm. because I'm already dead. See, I, I feel like there's something missing in between for me. Okay. I mean, it's to, been a while. I've to been... kind of make that leap. That's kind of what I'm getting at because the the delivery of that like little soliloquy or whatever, the, the little speech about war. The monologue. The monologue. Yeah. I, I think the delivery about it 
is uh, somber in a way that says it's cynical, but also uh, not in a way that is hopeless. Not in a way that he's like totally given into it. Because mm, he's sad about it. Exactly. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. Just talking about Faramir. Just talking about Faramir as we do on this podcast. Yeah. David Wenham. It's like people listen to the podcast to uh, for us to talk about Faramir. <laughs> Just Faramir. Just Faramir. Just Faramir, thanks. I mean, we could. <laughs> it's true. There's there there's quite a lot to dissect with Faramir, especially in comparison to his book character. Like every time Sam and Frodo are on, on screen, I wonder what Faramir is doing right now. <laughs> what Faramir's doing? <laughs> Washing his hair in the forbidden pool. <laughs> Screw you, Dad. <laughs> no, he would never. Are you kidding me? Only when no one else is around. No. It's like, no. oh, yeah, it's perfect. No, he would not. He wants his father's love too much. Yeah. Yeah. He wouldn't do that. I'm sorry. He wouldn't. Because he's not he's not spiteful about it. I feel like Boromir would do that. Yeah. Boromir, like, Faramir, jump in. Yeah. And Faramir's like, no, we can't. Dad'll find out. It's like Cannonball. I already have. <laughs> Just, like, throws him in. Because Boromir is spiteful towards Zenith. Denethor on Faramir's behalf. Faramir is just like wistful, wistful sad boy. Well, yeah, because he's he's lived his entire life in the shadow of emotional abuse. Yes, exactly. So he wouldn't do that. So he's just terrified of Denethor, I think. Yeah. Whereas Boromir is not afraid of Denethor. Right. It's just like, let's see him try that crap with me. <laughs> but yeah, so I think that's that's Man, it for I miss today. Boromir. Me too. I love I love Sean Bean. Just put Sean Bean and, and David Wenham together and stuff again. Just give them something else to do together. <laughs> Anything. Just buddy cop movie. Because the one scene with both of them is so good. Give me like, just give me like buddy a lethal weapon style, like no, lethal weapon style movie with them. No, That'd be no, great. No, no, no. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. Yeah, you have uh, you have David Wenham is the is the straight man and Sean Bean's kind of the jokey one. I only like want... the jokey unhinged guy. Like I... that's that's perfect. But I only want this if it's like high fantasy and they both get to have swords. Oh, I... <laughs> like maybe one of them has an eye patch. I don't know. David Wenham pulls off an eye patch. We know this, right? Yeah. <laughs> what is his What is his character's name in that? Dude, I don't know. I was just like, oh. It's Faramir. <laughs> I, I, yeah, because that movie did not come out very long after this. It's like, whoa. <laughs> what are you doing here in, in ancient Greece? There's there's the Phantom of the Opera. There's Cersei Lannister. There's Faramir. <laughs> Dude, I did not connect forever that that was Cersei. Yeah. I was just like, what? No way. We're talking about 300. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like if you don't know... Now you know. We've, we've talked about I patched David when I'm on here before. Yeah. If we haven't, I would be shocked. We have. But yeah, I think the, I think that's it for today. We'll talk a little bit more about this battle tomorrow. Uh, if you want to talk more about this battle, SpongeBob, David Wenham, go to the Facebook David listener group, Wenham. Fellowship of the Mike. <laughs> or if you're feeling generous, you can leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Helps us out. It's the Christmas season. You could give us that five-star review for Christmas. Hooray! Yay! Happy times. Uh, We'll be back tomorrow. Hope everyone has a great Thursday. Bye!
Genre. 